This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Dominic Tyshawn Holly Grisham was a 16-year-old from Rochester, New York. He was the second oldest son and an excellent athlete. On Saturday, February 12, 2009, his hockey team won their championship. To celebrate, his mother planned a party for that evening. While she was out shopping, Dominic got a call. He then left his house. He was never seen again. I'm Ed Denzel, and this is Unfound. had that one day. And if you're really lucky, you've had more than one. It's that day where everything comes together. Maybe it's your wedding day, the birth of your children, or your graduation day from high school or college, buying your first house. Maybe like Dominique, that special day is when your team won a sports championship. And hey, it doesn't have to be a day with some goal reached. It could simply be a day where everything felt right. All the cogs in your life lined up and everything was like a well-oiled machine. And if you could have your own kind of Groundhog Day scenario, it would be that day to live over and over and over. Well, imagine if you're having that kind of day, one of the best days in your memory, and in a few seconds, everything changed. Not just for the worse, but to the worst day of your life. Because that's what happened for the Holly Grisham family on February 12, 2009. Their beloved brother and son won the hockey championship that day. A party was planned for that evening to commemorate both that and his recent birthday. Then with one phone call, Dominique was gone. And now a summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend, Megan Goodsight, charlieproject.org. Dominic had just turned 16 and was keeping his life in order. Despite there being problems in his neighborhood, with cameras even being set up down at the corner to catch drug dealers, he was in school, making good grades, being a good older brother, and playing sports, with his favorite one being hockey. He even had a girlfriend, although she attended a different high school than Dominic did. On the morning and into the afternoon of Saturday, February 12, 2009, Dominique and his hockey team won the club championship in Rochester, with Dominique being the star. What was to be a birthday party for Dominique that evening, he had turned 16 a few weeks before that, became a championship celebration as well. So, while Dominique's mother was out shopping after the game, Dominique got busy burning CDs at home that would be played that evening. Also at the house were a friend of the family and one of Dominique's younger brothers. Although Dominique's mother did get a call from him saying the three were fighting over the TV remote control, nothing seemed odd. Those kinds of disagreements were common in a house full of boys. 
Yet not long after that, according to the other two at the house, Dominic got a call. They couldn't hear what he was saying, but shortly after he left the house, still talking to whoever called him. Dominic didn't look worried or angry, and the impression was that he would be back in a few minutes, although Dominique never actually said that. He was never seen again. Dominique's mother called the police that night after waiting several agonizing hours. Law enforcement initially dismissed the disappearance, saying Dominique ran away. Now, though, over nine years later, no one believes Dominique ran away. But what is complicating the investigation in 2018 are a variety of factors, including unproven rumors, a mysterious friend who has never been named, a possible connection to the disappearance of Brian Sullivan, and a discrepancy regarding Dominic's status of his relationship with his girlfriend at the time of his disappearance. Had she broken up with him the day before or not? Dominic's case remains unsolved. The interview for this episode is with Dominic's mother, Moselle Jones Grisham. Unfound News. Did you go to TribLive.com this past Sunday, February 25th, to read about the disappearance of Tony Lynn McNatt Chiapetta? If you didn't, you should. Stephen Huba did another spectacular job in covering a case that was probably forgotten by most people in western Pennsylvania. It's been a pleasure to work with him so far, and I look forward to the next missing person story from the Pittsburgh area that will be out at the end of March. Next, one of Unfound's longtime listeners, who I talk to often, told me this past weekend that she didn't realize that Volume 2 of the book series was out. Since I know she has Volume 1, it left me with the impression that maybe I really don't talk about all of Unfound's things enough. So, allow me to make clear that Volume 2 of the Unfound book series is now out in both print and ebook form. It's been out for not quite a month now. Please check out the cases, along with a foreword by the no-body guy, Tad Tobias. Finally, my business partner and I, well, really just her, this week began the process of contacting other media companies with the goal of spreading Unfound's influence. And yes, that includes the contacting of SiriusXM. I will let you all know how it goes. Where you can find Unfound. Unfound is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, iTunes, Podomatic, Stitcher, Podbean, and Spotify. In particular, please join us on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern for the Unfound Facebook Live video show, which is hosted on the Unfound podcast page, not in the private group. The email address, unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. The website, unfoundpodcast.com. Please check out the secret Stephen Kocher episode. The website at tribtotalmedia, triblive.com forward slash news forward slash unfound. Unfound has a Patreon account, patreon.com forward slash unfoundpodcast. And it also has a PayPal account. Just use the email address to find it on paypal.com. Unfound Merchandise, Volume 1 and 2, previously mentioned, on Amazon in both paperback and ebook form. The Playing Cards, go to makeplayingcards.com forward slash sell forward slash unfound podcast. Shirts for almost all Unfound's cases at unfound-podcast.myshopify.com. This includes the flagship t-shirt, The First Year Cases, that is a collage of everyone from Suzanne Lyle to Jennifer Wilkerson. And please mention Unfound on all true crime Facebook pages and other websites 
and forums. Thank you. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound the mother of Dominique Holly Grisham, Moselle Jones Grisham. Moselle, welcome to Unfound. Hello, everyone. Tell listeners a little bit about your son, Dominique. First of all, Dominique is a great name. How did you come up with that name for your son? Um, um, I have six boys, and Dominique, whether he was going to be a girl or a boy, we was decided that we was going to name him Dominique, and he was named Tyshawn after his dad's brother, and then Grisham is his dad's name. Okay, and how many uh, brothers and sisters uh, does Dominique have? How many children do you have, Moselle? I have six boys. Dominique's my second oldest, but their dad have um, six boys and two girls. Wow, six boys. Wow, that's a lot of testosterone under one roof, Moselle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, and he was the second. He was the second oldest. So, yeah. what are the what were the age ranges? Uh, what are the age ranges of your kids of your sons? My boy, my my sons are 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, and twenty six. Wow, you got okay all in a row. Okay. Yeah. Um, so tell the listeners a little bit about Dominique. What was he like? Uh, uh, you have all these sons, so you have, of course, a lot of comparisons. What would you say yeah. made Dominique unique compared to all your other sons? Um, they play sports. You know, they were very into a lot of activities. Um, like I said, Dominique was my second oldest. Um, they sometimes got along sometimes didn't you know with a house full of boys everybody you know ran rapidly but it was a it was a it was a house full of fun and adventures yeah and dominique I, you know was the second oldest and he played sports and that's what they did they, a lot they played a lot of sports what's interesting to me is uh one of his favorite sports was ho- was hockey Yes. And in fact, that's where he was the day he disappeared. But how did he get into that particular sport? Um, when Dominique was younger, I um, I experienced having a stroke. So, um, my oldest son, Godmother Jocelyn, she um, her her family took Dominique and little Jesse in, and that's where he get the interest in in doing hockey. He was living out there in Honeyway Falls. And besides playing basketball and football, hockey took an interest in, in you know his liking. He loved to play hockey. Was he a pretty good skater? Yeah, didn't even know who taught him how to ice skate, but he was really good. That's that's really interesting. And you know there aren't many high school hockey teams uh, out there, so it was good that he could find some place to play up there in New York. Right. Good. I, I'm I'm guessing that uh, he loved the contact and yeah. uh, the speed yes. involved in the game. It's even a faster yes. game than football is. Yes, because he played floor hockey and he played ice hockey. Both. And the day that he went missing, that's when he was playing um, floor hockey at the Carter Street Rec Center. Okay. And we're going to get into that. So um, how did he do in school? What was what were his interests in school? Any... Um, other interests, any clubs or anything like that as a young man? Um, when he was younger, he went to school out in Honeyway Falls. So he didn't come to school in the Rochester area until he was like a junior, towards junior 
in senior year, which we went to East High School, and he was pretty good in school because they knew they had to, they wanted to play sports, they had to um, do good in school. So they was, you know, he was pretty good in school. I can honestly say I had some good boys that were good in school. And why did why were, was there this change in um, his schooling from like between ninth and tenth grade and his junior year? Why did he switch? Because he came back home when he was younger. When I had the stroke in '96, um, he stayed out there with his godparents, which was a better school. You know, it was I would say out in the suburbs, it was a better school than being in versus the local schooling, and they um he was there with them, so um it made a better education for him. And then he came home to go to the city school district, which is how he ended up at East High School. Okay. And so all of it was uh, at this point were all of your sons then living back with you at, at your between house. Or between me and their dad between me you oh, between you and your their, their dad. dad okay and did they all end up going to uh the school that dominique went to no only dominique no. went to east high oh okay little justice right. stayed in the hfl um which is honey york falls lima and my younger boys they were like in Mar uh, not marshall but wilson in the uh other junior schools okay and how did all of your sons get along i mean I'm going to guess that, uh, you know, there was their share. You know, brothers sometimes get along, sometimes they don't. How was... They were, the, they were typical boys. Typical. typical boys in the same age range. You know, they had their days where they got along. They had their days. But their their relationship was really, really close, especially Jesse and Dominique, because, you know, they grew up out there. So they had a close relationship. And when they came home, you know, to see their younger brothers, they... They got along pretty good. So um, he's 16 years old, and it's early 2009. Uh, what was going on in his life as far as uh, – we already talked about the hockey, but his schooling. Uh, we want to talk maybe about uh, the relationship uh, he was in maybe just a little bit here to start. What, were, what was going on in his life in the weeks and months – uh, before his disappearance. What do you remember that time? Maybe going back even to Christmas of 2008. Christmas of 2008, he was with his, at his dad's house. Um, he had a birthday in January when he, when he turned 16, January 2009. Um, he was playing for Carter Street Rec Center. That's when they had their big, you know, final game. And, um, in February, they had it, and he was um, – they won the game, and he was um, player of the game, and I decided that he never got a party when he turned 16, so we were going to do a party together for winning the championship and, you know, being 16. He – um, at the time, as far as I knew, he was dating Desiree. I, you know, I met her on the computer, mm -hmm. and – do you know how those two met? Maybe we should talk about that. I know that she did not go to the school that he did. Do you know how they, those two met? No, I don't. Okay. No, I don't. Like I said, I had a, I had a between my house and her dad's house, I had boys. Yeah. So they were one week, one girl. The next week, I with boys, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't get that deep into their relationship as far as with females because – it was just starting, and 
they was boys, yeah. Right. They were just sixteen, yeah. Yeah, they were just maybe starting to go out and take an interest in the opposite sex and it's hard to keep track of yeah. all those boys at one time. Yes. Uh, yeah, that, I, I'm sure any parent can understand that. Um, and we'll we'll uh, talk about her a little later. Um, now that looking back at it, as you can, and it's, you know, unfortunately, tomorrow, it, you know, we're conducting this interview on February 11th, 2018. Tomorrow is the ninth anniversary. And I'm sure, mm-hmm. you, you know, I don't need to remind you of that. But now that you look back, go back, looking back nine years, maybe nine and a half years, was there any concerns that you had about Dominique, any of his friends, any strange phone calls that he was getting, any trouble at school? Was there anything that you thought, you know what, Dominic better straighten himself up or? No. Nothing. No. No, nothing out of the ordinary, nothing out of place. I, I wouldn't have ever thought. Mm-hmm. And in, in during that time, maybe, you know, being that he's 16, you know, his younger brothers may not be able to to relate as much. But did Dominique ever say anything to his older brother about, hey, I'm having problems with this guy or, or anything like that? Anything not as far as I know, because little Jesse would have been 17. He, like, was a year older. Mm-hmm. And as far as I don't know, they never came to me as as far as mommy Dominique having trouble with this, cause they they all was together. So I wouldn't never know nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. It was just a typical day. And and Jesse, the once again the oldest one, he was a year older. Yes. He would have been seventeen at the time yes. of Dominique's disappearance. He in the last night, if you can say once again, I'm not here to get into per- family personal secrets. But in this time in the last nine years, he's never come to you since then and said, you know what, now that I look back, you know, Dominic said this to me this one day. Anything, no. nothing. Not as far as to me, no. Nope. No. And they know, and they know how, you know, it is with me knowing Dominic's gone and how I feel about the situation and how I worry and how I try so hard to try to find him. You know, he'll come and be like, well, mom, you know, being that he was the oldest and him and Dominique was close, he feels that, you know, he wished he would have knew more about what Dominique was doing or what Dominique was going through. Sure, sure. And I and I know this is a difficult question, but I feel like I have to ask it. Since Dominic disappeared, is there anything that you found out about him that you didn't know at the time? Maybe something suspicious, any activity that he shouldn't have been involved in i i know this is a tough question but i have to ask it as a reporter well no as the um as the investigation went on as far as uh, um investigator you know dominique you know, with six boys they did you know he hung out they had friends that hung out in a local gang mm. um that they were you know tough they were they were tight with like um they'll be like well we know them They'll, they'll say they um known by association. But as far as their homeboys or somebody they went to school with, if they was in a local gang, you know, they hung out with them. So as far as being in um um TMB, he wasn't in it, but he had a lot of friends that was. So they hung out, you know, with a lot of their friends. They, you know, they, you know, typical boys, they smoke. You know, I ain't mm-hmm. saying they were on a pedestal and, and high mighty and all that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they smoke, they black and miles. They'll smoke their weed every now and then. But nothing out of the ordinary as I would feel that it was a threat to any of these 
you know, kids. Nothing. Nothing. And like you said, he was playing sports, wasn't missing practices, was doing well in school. So Dominique was taking care of his business. Yes. Okay. All right. And I and I, I think anybody that's grown up in any town, even myself, you know, going back to where I grew up in Leechburg, Pennsylvania, yeah, sometimes you're just going to have some friends that aren't quite like you. Right, right. Just maybe they do have a run-in with the law once in a while, but you just have to maintain that distance but be friendly at the same time. Right. Okay. So tell the listeners about what you remember about February 12, 2009. Uh, maybe we can start with uh, this, um, this play, these playoffs or this championship that Dominique uh, took part in for his hockey team. Uh, I just knew that, you know, he was he took a very good interest in hockey and they played like I said, he played for the center and that's where he would go like after school, they would go to the center, play basketball, and that's where he joined the um the hockey team. Um that day, you know, like I said, we were gonna plan a a, a party all in one for winning and, you know, not doing anything on his birthday. So, um Dominique was, um, I went out to get the supplies. Dominique was home with my younger son, which is my, my youngest, Antonio, and my best friend, Jeremy. And um, Jeremy just said it was a basic day. Dominique was making CDs for the party. Before I left, I did, you know, speak with Desiree on the computer as far as hi and, you know, are you coming or, you know, just a typical conversation. Um, I left out, and then Jeremy just said Dominique called. Somebody called Dominique on his cell phone, and as he was um, walking out the door, you know, that was the last time we seen him. Okay. So let's just maybe get a little bit more into the particulars. So you did you go to his game that day? Did did you go watch him play? No. Okay. No, I don't. The, the sports day, a lot of my boys didn't like me at their games because I was a typical mom. Their dad. <laughs> Followed all their games. I didn't go too big for them or get off my baby because with the football and all that. You're a so, very passionate yeah. mother. Yeah. Okay. I, I knowing you the way the way I've gotten to know you, that does not surprise me at all. <laughs> um. So did he did he drive himself? I mean, he was 16. Oh no, dad, 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 dad was there. Dad, dad, dad supports him. all their games, all their functions. Dad, dad is right there. Okay. So Dominique uh, gets driven to this game. They win this championship, and Dad takes him back to your place. Mm-hmm. And were you home when he got home? Yes, and that's when I was like, we're going to go. And, you know, that's what we had planned to say we're going to do something for him. You know, because he was like, I just turned 16, and I didn't get no party because I'm the mom. I have to give him a party on their birthdays or whatever. So yeah. Jesse was like, well, you know, let's go. I had to go pick up his cake and do all the running around as far as getting the supplies for the party. Okay. And how long would you say that you had this party planned for? Obviously, you might not have known that they were going to win the championship that day, but you, of course, had his birthday back in January. How long would you say you planned this party um, before that day day came up? Um, I want to say... Um, if it was, I don't remember what day it was, but we had planned it just the beginning of the week. Because because it would have been a weekend thing, and he wanted to have friends over for his birthday. So you maybe had started planning that party the, the week before the, week. the beginning yeah. of the week. So maybe like mm-hmm. five or six days before that. Yeah. 
Okay, and how, who was all invited to this party? How big of a party uh, was this to be? Like ten people or twenty five people or? Man, I didn't mean. I mean, just like family, friends, because I, I have a big family, so it was just mm-hmm. probably maybe family and friends, a couple of the people from his house, whoever he wanted to, you know, have come over. And so Dominique knew that this party was going to be happening. He knew it was going to be on that Saturday, let's say Saturday evening. Mm-hmm. You saw him. You go out to shop. He's left at home with your friend and my your youngest son. And, son. and uh, Jeremy said Dominique made a CD because, you know, <coughs> their music back then with the computer. Sure. You could download and make a CD. He made a CD. Him and his younger brother got into it about the video game remote. So Jeremy, uh, Tonton called me. It was like, Dominique hit me. And Dominique was like, Tonton won't get out the way. I'm trying to do this. So Jeremy said, Dominique, whoop Tonton, you know, basically boys. He made a CD for his party. He cleaned up. And then somebody called him on his phone. All right. And let's <clears throat> let's talk about that for a little bit. Was Dominique in another room when this, th- this phone call happened? Did either uh, your youngest son or your friend... Um, happened to hear any content of the inf- of the call at all? I have no idea. I don't know where what part of the house he was at. I just know Jeremy said somebody called him as he was walking down the stairs. The way my house was, he was walking down the stairs talking on his phone and walked out the front door. All right, and he doesn't re- and he didn't really remember the words that Dominique was saying. Did uh, did your friend? Um, have any idea if he was talking? Did he get any idea of whether if it was a, a man or a woman he was talking no. to, or a boy or a girl? No. None. I mean, typical 16-year-old guy, 60-year-old kid. Okay. Basic phone call. Who knows who he was talking to? Okay. And did Dominique sound, look or sound angry or happy or distressed? I, I have no idea. No idea that... Not to, could, I mean, Jeremy didn't say nothing out of the ordinary. He just said Dominique was on the phone with somebody. Somebody called him. He answered yeah. and talked on the phone. Okay. So and and once again, these, you know, your son and your friend didn't know that this was the last time that uh, Dominique would see be him. seen. If they'd known that, if they thought it was suspicious, they probably would have paid more attention. Right. To this yeah. day, his brother, his brother would say he wished he would have followed Dominique out the door or wished he to see where he was going or, you know, after the yeah. fact, everybody wished we knew who he was talking to. Now, uh, you don't live in the Rochester area anymore. You, you've moved away. Um, yes. But what kind of area did you live in in Rochester at the time? Is this something where, you know, he walks outside, decent neighborhood, or, or how would you portray... Uh, where you used to live in New York, in Rochester? Where I lived was on um, Champlain, which is off of the corner of Jefferson Avenue. And I lived on the one-way street, and at the end of the street was the um, the middle school, Wilson, Wilson uh, Little Middle School. I mean, it was a fairly decent neighborhood. All right, we're gonna we're gonna talk maybe a little bit more about the neighborhood. But you personally would have no problem with Dominic if he was on the phone walking outside. Maybe if he wanted some privacy to talk on the phone outside, that no. would that wouldn't worry you at all. No. Okay. So he walks out, and the your friend and your son don't <clears throat> don't know where he is going. 
they just probably take for granted he's going to be back inside in a couple minutes, but he doesn't come back. You get home, and, and what do you do, and, and and what do they say? You know, what happens then when you get home? We got home. You know, I'm just like, well, maybe Dominique went to get some of his homeboys or see, so we wait there. Then it got later. Then I called Jesse, and um, Jesse, um, he was like, well, now it's about 9 o'clock. So we called the uh, Rochester Police Department. At the time, they told me, you know, they couldn't list, they couldn't do anything until he was missing for 24 hours. So then yeah. it got to be two o'clock, and then the officer finally came out, and they were trying to convince me that maybe he ran away, which he wouldn't have had a reason to run away. Right. Somebody's not. A young man or a young woman is not going to be preparing CDs for a party and then right. run and away before the party happens. Away. Yeah. So they did the police report. Um, before two o'clock came, when I called the cops, me and my cousin, we went to Dominique's girlfriend at the time house to see if she to see if she knew anything or, you know, to see if he was based probably over there. You know, she let us in, we talked, and he wasn't there. And I just, you know, basically told her, if you hear or see anything, please let me know. And we made it back home, and this was waiting on him to come home. And what time, this would have been uh, Desiree, we're not going to use her last name, but her first name is Desiree. So, um, 9 o'clock, you call the police, they can't do anything. And then did you say that some, when did a policeman come over there again? What time? Um, by the time we went to Desiree house. And, you know, asked her and got back home. A police officer came around 2 a.m. 2 a.m. So that would have been now Sunday morning. It was Mm -hmm. night, Sunday morning. Okay. And did he take a report? What what did he do? Yep, he took the report. And, you know, they basically told me the typical thing. Oh, he's probably gone and he'll probably be back tomorrow. You know, basically... He probably just left home. He'll be back in a couple of hours or a couple of days. Yeah. And that was the last time. I have the original police report, and that was the last time I talked to the, an officer that day. Okay. When you went over to Desiree's, uh, I guess it would have been something because she went to a different high school than mm-hmm. uh, maybe she lived like a half hour away or something. So you maybe got over there at like 10 o'clock that night. Uh, was she there with her parents? Uh, you know, it was her, another young man, and I think her father. I don't recall, but it was she was there with family members. And did she or any of them have any idea of who might have called uh, Dominique? Did no. any anything like that? Uh, maybe sh- maybe sh- maybe I should ask you this: Was Desiree invited? to the party that you were throwing? As far as I knew, she was. Because I I had spoke with her on the computer prior to me leaving out the house to go get the stuff. They were sitting there on the computer talking like a FaceTime. They were talking like a FaceTime. So she was invited, but it doesn't, but she never did show up at your house that that evening, though, even though she was invited. No. So you go over there, neither, nobody in her family nor her uh, can offer up any information as to Dominique. They're just as confused as you are. Yes. 
So then the police, uh, you know, comes at two in the morning. That would be Monday morning or Sunday morning. And what happens after that? Um, did you the next day? Of course, Dominique is still gone. Did you do any searches? What happens when those twenty-four hours finally pass? At the time, <clears throat> I didn't know what to do. Mm. I was more baffled about the fact that I thought the police would have did more. I thought the police would have came out more, but they were set up in their mind, oh, he's a typical kid. He probably just left. He'll be back. You know, I fiddled my thumbs. I sat there and waited. I called family members. I was stuck. I didn't know what to do, mm-hmm. where to go, who to call. I just didn't know what to do. Was Dominique's uh, father helping you with this? I mean, he's the one who had gone to the game. He dropped Dominic off. Was he taking part yeah. in this? Jesse well? was there, and, you know, we rode around different areas to see if he was be here. You know, I, um, we just basically rode around to see if he could be at either my sister's house. I have a big family, either of his cousin's house, anywhere. But... You know, spending the whole day doing that and not knowing or seeing or hearing anything, we just waited. All right. And maybe you posted some flyers up somewhere, or did you do anything like that? That didn't happen until 2012. Okay. And we'll get – all right, so we'll get to that in a moment. Mm -hmm. So back in February 2009 after February 12th. Uh, was, uh, did they try to ping his phone or anything like that being that he was talking on the phone? No, they didn't do nothing. They didn't call. They didn't stop by. They didn't do nothing. When I called, because I knew where I lived at, it was a, uh, um, camera on the corner of my street. When I asked, and I worked for the city of Rochester. When I asked them to look at the camera, the officer told me, that the cameras were basically there for the drug dealers. When I knew the camera could see my house, because I was like, maybe I could see where he went, which, because I lived on the one way. If he got in a car, if anybody met up with him, but they did not allow me to see the cameras. And how far away would you say the camera is from your house? How many feet? Like, the camera was over the corner store, and I live two houses from the corner store. So maybe like uh, 150 feet, maybe half of a football field, something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So not far. Not far at all. Not far at all. And do you know if those cameras actually do work, or is that just something yeah. that the because when um, a local house got busted in a drug thing or whatever they had going on, and they you know showed a uh, um. You know how they showed a clip on TV? Sure. I seen my house, so I knew the camera. I knew my house was in range of viewing the camera. So you did all this, once again, in 2009, mm-hmm. and nobody, did anybody ever come forward to say anything, any suspicions, any rumors, anything any of your sons no. heard? Did no. Desiree ever come forward and say, you know, I heard something on the street? No. Nothing. No, nothing. For three years, nothing. And so you lived with, I mean, of course, it's 2018 and we still don't have all the answers that we need. But for those three years, you were really in the dark. 
Right. Totally yes. in the dark. Okay. And I and I'm sure it was uh very difficult, you know, for you and you know, even with your other sons there. Right. Okay. You know where to go, who to turn to, what to do, but just went off what the police said. He left, you know, maybe show up and he'll come. I didn't know what to do. So what happened in 2012? What you, You've brought this year up already, but what changed between when Dominique disappeared in February 2009 and 2012? What happened? In 2009, an, another young lady went missing, Brittany Drexel. And I'm like, she's all over the news. She has flyers. How, you know, she went missing in April 20, 2009. Dominique went February, missing in February. And I'm like, why she made the news? And then I've met um, Nicole Coleman, who was um, had a group called Missing the Missing. Her um, nephew, Alonzo Williams, went missing. You know, sad to say they found his body. So I joined the local group, Missing the Missing, because I had a missing son. And in, the, in, the, in this organization, she would make flyers. They were having annual meetings, you know, just typical families with missing loved ones. Yes. And that's where I met Dawn Drexel. And, you know, she told me a statement. She was like, if you don't do it, they don't do it. If you don't, because I asked her, I was like, well, how did you get the daughter on the news? How did you do this? How did you get flyers? You know, what can I do? And that's what she, you know, told me. If you don't do it, they don't do it. Which means pretending if you don't put forth the effort to look for your loved one, the police are not going to call you. They're not obligated to do this. They're not obligated to do that. So that's when I joined I, I joined Missing the Missing. I met a, a lot of families in Missing the Missing. And from 2012 on, I fought to find my son. All right. So that things really turned around for you in at least a, a little bit of a positive way in 2012, yeah. meeting these other yeah. people. Right. Meetings other people. Is that when I have to ask on a personal note, is that when you got to meet Barbara Sullivan too around that yeah. time? Barbara? Yeah, Barbara Sullivan. That's why I met her. Right. And uh, the listeners remember that Barbara was just on a recent episode talking about her son, Brian, who yeah. disappeared in Rochester a couple years before Dominic mm-hmm. did. In fact, we're going to we're going to touch on that before we're done here. Did the, the police finally maybe change their mind because of all this to believe that he didn't, that Dominic did not run away, that something foul play might be involved in 2012? Well, what happened was we had a meeting. We had a meeting, and um, she would have local people come in. That's where the police officers um, came in and sat on one of our meetings. And they looked, they took the, I don't want to say they took it more seriously, but they look more into trying to learn more about what happened with Dominique. As far as um, the chief of police was at one of the meetings, and I told him about the, you know, the camera on the corner, and I told him what the officer said. And then, you know, I'm trying to remember who was the police chief. But, he, you know, he was like, you know, what well, the officer shouldn't have told you that. But now, of course, it's three years later, so... They can't do anything about the cell phone now. So it's just, you know, going forward with it as far as doing walks, making flyers, doing everything now that we can possibly do, try to find Dominique. 
Now you had sent me you sent me a couple links. Uh, you've been on TV. You were on TV in Rochester, uh, I believe, with a detective. Uh, you were on there with a writer and and some um, maybe missing persons advocate. I watched that video, and mm-hmm. there's this other video in which just the detective who maybe is responsible for the case now or was responsible at the time. Yeah. Um, why don't you tell the listeners what that detective said about Dominique? Um, at first, we had planned on doing, I was going to, um, the Need to Know station right. with Miss Helen. Um, and we were on the panel with me, um, the guy, the, the um, founder or the uh, advocate from the National Center, uh, police officer, and Rodney Brown, who got Dominique's story out there first. He did um, an article on Dominique in the Minority Reporter. Um, my investigator, Brennan, will only do the interview if he, you know, they interview him separately. Yes. And the first time I seen his interview, I was sitting at the panel, you know, she played it. And he he says that Dominique supposedly had broke up with his girlfriend or had some um, statements that he wrote on MySpace, which I never seen. Nobody never showed me anything that he wrote on MySpace anything um he says he goes on to say well i'm gonna say this and i hope it's not true because and you know no parent needs to go through this but there's no evidence showing that this young man is alive and it kind of hit me because i'm like well there's no evidence showing he's dead either and it just kind of got to me as to why would he make that statement yeah yeah it's very curious Let's talk about uh, the MySpace. Uh, for you know, MySpace, of course, was the most popular social media site before Facebook came along. Right. Um, and Dominic had an account on there. And what mm-hmm. you are saying is that in this interview that this detective did on him uh, by himself, Detective Brennan, he said that there was evidence that Desiree and Dominic had yeah, actually broke uh, broken up the day before he disappeared. Right. Yes. That's what he said. It was when he said that, was that the first time you ever heard that? Yes, it was. And so in those three years of you talking to your other sons, to, um, to his friends, maybe on his hockey team, other people, uh, even Desiree herself, none of these people had ever told you about this. No. Yeah, do you have any idea what, what what to make of that? Do you believe that what the detective said is true? Do you believe that? I honestly don't know, because like I told him, I and then he was, you know, he made a statement that Dominic wrote something on his MySpace. They never showed me anything from MySpace, so it kind of like got to me. And then you know, it even got to me as well. If you're saying, you know, he was having trouble with his girlfriend, which I assume at the time was Desiree, why didn't you look more into what was going on? Yeah. You just blatantly, blatantly made a statement that there's no evidence showing he's alive. I, I agree. And I know that you've talked to Desiree since 2009. Has she ever said anything to you about this MySpace um, no. What he wrote on there. Any conversation that you've ever had with her about th- those comments? Never. She was more 
You know, she told me Dominique was the love of her life. She really cared for him. Never gave me no intuition that they were breaking up, that they was having problems, that they were even in an argument. Okay. She's been like on his anniversary or his birthday, you know, she'll write, I'm still thinking of you, hope things are better. Uh, how she misses Dominique, how she wishes he would just show up. You know, she had me under the impression that she really cared about my son and that she really, really misses him. Okay. Never, oh, Dominique and I got into this argument. Me and Dominique were going to break up. Never, none of that. None of that. None and of it. is it possible, being that, uh, once again, going back to the party that you threw for him, uh, were throwing for him on February 12, 2009, that obviously she didn't show up because when you went over to her house, she was there. Do you yes. think the possibility that they were broke up because she didn't show up? No, I, I didn't. I just figured, I, I don't know. Okay. I, I never would have figured that they broke up. Like I said, I, I didn't meet her physically. I met her, mind is Desiree, this is my boo, on the computer. So I would have never had no sign that they would break up. I just knew at the time she was the one that I initially met that he told me was his girlfriend. And do you believe that there were maybe, you know, he's 16 years old. Uh, and as you already stated in this conversation, you have all these boys, you know, maybe moving from girl to girl, girlfriend to girlfriend. That's how high school is. Uh, is there any any other girls' names that have popped up since 2009 that Dominic might have had a relationship with at the same time she was going with Desiree? No, the only other girl that I knew that Dominic had anything was um, Lily Aquila. But she was pregnant and, you know, the baby, and, and you know, I, I thought that was his baby, but it came out it wasn't his. But the only everyone he ever told me about, me personally, was Desiree. All right, so there was another girl before Desiree. And so, you know, that he hung out with, and, you know, he took an interest in. Uh-huh. But apparently she was in another relationship, so they probably just, like, basically hung out. You know, I thought, you know, she was pregnant by my son, but when she had her baby, she told me, you know, you know, this is not Dominic's baby. Because at the time, when she had her baby, it was when he was missing you know, I just thought it was a slight chance, you know, it could have been his baby, but it wasn't. But she was more over in the relationship. They just, like, hung out or chilled together. But the only girl that he initially introduced me as his girl was Desiree. So we don't, you've never seen this MySpace um, mm -hmm. post. Uh, have any of his friends ever said anything to you about seeing that MySpace post way back no. when? no. All right. And being a mom with six boys, you know, I can honestly say I didn't know every last one of their friends. I mean, I had sure. six boys. I was working. You know, the things that I would change now is I wish I would have knew the majority of their friends. But yeah. being a boy, you know, mom, you know, this is my homie. This, you know, I'm going to chill with him. I'm going to hang out with him. I didn't get on a personal level as to who they, you know, hung out with. I agree with you, Moselle, that, um, you know, for, you know, kids don't tell their parents about all their friends. Right. That's just the way it is. So we move up. Um, 
let me just ask you this too, because I'm sure the listeners uh, are wondering. In the last nine years, have you ever been told by anybody any suspicion on who might have called Dominique that day? Any idea? No. Nobody's nope. ever come forward. Not Desiree, not his nope. other brothers, not his teammates, not his friends at school. Nobody. Ever. Nope. As to who called his phone. Nope. And that is, that, that's the that's the main point of this him disappearing. Like, you know, it goes through my mind was, would it be who called him? What was the conversation about? Who was it? I just don't know. Okay. Let's move on to some other things. And these, uh, these items popped up even more recently than 2012. Uh, you told me that last year, I guess 2017 or maybe 2016, uh, a woman came forward um, saying something about Dominique uh, near a bridge. Uh, why don't you tell the listeners that story and who is this woman? Um, her name was Takara. I mean, let me get it out there. She told me when Dominique went missing, she she's friends. She's the stepdaughter of my cousin, Cynthia. She told me it was a time we, I was at the house and she wanted to talk to me, but she didn't know how to come forth and talk to me. But she told my cousin about Dominique getting beat up by some boys. And in 2017, I guess I, I went live. And, you know, I was talking about, you know, how I heard I was and, you know, the situation and like somebody knows something, please come forth. So she reached out to me and she told me, you know, she apologized for not coming to me sooner. But, you know, she's like she wanted to tell me when I was sitting at the table, but she told my cousin. So I called my cousin and I asked her, you know, send it to Kyra ever tell you anything about Dominique getting beat up. My cousin told me, yes, she did tell me. She said, she told me the boys beat them up, but she didn't tell me they killed them. So I'm like, well, killed them. And, you know, she basically was saying that, you know, she told me at the time she, you know, she was a smoker as far as weed or whatever, or whatever she was smoking. I don't know. But it just, when she seen my life, she felt the need to come forth and tell me, you know, that this is what happened. And they possibly beat them up. They didn't mean to kill them, but they killed them. And then she went on to say, you know, I, I think I've told you too much. And she didn't want to talk over the phone, or over the computer, but she wanted me to come to Rochester and she would tell me more when we meet face to face. So it's seven years now. So I'm like, well, I can't just jump up and run to Rochester unless I know for sure you have something that's going to possibly lead to me. What happened to my son? Yeah. And then... She never said nothing after that because she felt she put her life in danger and mine just by talking to me. And, you know, she wasn't the only one you know, that reached out. You know, some other people wrote on my wall saying that Dominique was deceased and that the police department knew about it. And, you know, it was just like different people. And then there was a guy who was in my inbox saying that Dominique was with a friend, you know, that basically at the wrong place at the wrong time and it was just a lot that was overwhelming to the fact that they was pushing more towards he was deceased yeah and i'm sure uh, it's hard for you to hear those things especially when none of it can be proven it's just all these rumors out there right 
you know, that can be very hard on you. And I, and that's a topic that comes up quite often that, you know, sometimes, uh, uh, parents or brothers and sisters, whoever, you know, they have to kind of tune out from social media and everything because of all of the stuff that's talked about out there. Right. Can be very upsetting. Uh, would this woman be in a position to know something like this? That, or, you know, what is this? What is this walking under this bridge near this bridge? How close is that to your house? And um, well, she said by the St. Paul Bridge, and that was more or so on the east side, and I lived on the west side. But it's the bridge that connect from the west side going to the east side, and a lot of it. You know, she something she was saying, you know, kind of made sense, you know, depending on the part where when I lived on Jefferson, the house she said they hung out at, you know, was her house. So she had to see him in the uh, Plymouth area. So I knew she knew who Dominique was, but, you know, it charged me, you know, doing interviews back then and, you know, doing certain shows or, you know, Dominique's story being broadcast on the news. I didn't take a concept if she heard anything on the news and just said it because she heard it on the news. But it was some things that she said that wasn't mentioned on the news. So I kind of like, well, maybe she kind of know what she's talking about. But at this point, if he got beat up and killed, where's his body? During her conversation, did she ever give you any names, any nicknames of the other people who might be involved? Yep, she threw out some names, which I sent to my investigator. And has anything uh, come of that? And had you ever heard of any of these people before? Only guy that I, I would say that she knew was a guy named Black from Thurston. I guess one of Dominique's friends were, you know, had an issue with him. And at the time, only black I knew from Thurston was my cousin. And I went to my cousin and I pleaded with my cousin, do you know anything about Dominique disappearing? And who other name black that be on Thurston? He told me, no, cousin, I promise you. And I just took, took what he said as to hoping he wouldn't lie to me. Now let's get right into that. In fact... And this is connecting. We've already mentioned her and him. We've already mentioned Barb Sullivan and her, her son, Brian. But the black that they were actually talking from about from Thurston was actually Derek Murray, who is a suspect in Brian Sullivan's disappearance. Right. And when did this all happen again? When was this uh, name mentioned to you? And uh, uh, frankly, if I can ask, excuse me. In 2017, when she called me, and I was already in North Carolina, and at the time, I didn't know who Derek Murray was, but, you know, getting a phone call, and it was like, you know, some of his family is on your page, and at the time, you know, you couldn't really talk about the case, but, you know, she mentioned, she did mention Black, and K Mills, you know, she mentioned a lot of guys' name, and as you know, in the texts that I sent you, yes, she mentioned that you know, well, we know now Black was deceased, but you know, it kind of like she had other ideas on how Black died, but so I didn't know she was talking about Derek Murray or not because I knew how he passed away, but at one point she was saying he was shot or he had a heart attack, but you know, she did say, but he's deceased now. So a lot of it made sense, but didn't make sense. Yeah. 
Yeah. I didn't know if it was just something she heard and was just trying to say, or she was just throwing a name out there. I don't know. And you got to you first met Barb Sullivan back in 2012. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And prior to his name being mentioned between you and Barb, had his name ever come up in, no. in anything? No. Never. Now, you were also asked, I have it written in my notes, Channel 10 actually asked you about Derek Murray. Yes. How did they, yep. get, the, how did they get the name? Um, because um, when she told me, you know, it was a, um, oh, I can't call his name. It was an, a, an, um, a reporter. And, you know, he was like, this name came up and I guess uh, Derek Murray name came up in other cases or whatever. And he asked me, you know, he interviewed me about the, um, if I knew if he had any connections with Dominic. And of course you didn't. You'd never heard of him. No. Mm -mm. Maybe you need to give the listeners just a little idea of Rochester is where you lived, where Dominic disappeared from walking out the door of your house. And where Brian Sullivan disappeared in Rochester, are they anywhere near each other? And did Derek Murray live anywhere near um, where, you? Where Dominique went missing, I lived on the, another part of the west side. But where Thurston, where Derek Murray hung out at, was where um, I had moved to, in, uh, which was Genesee Park Boulevard area. And Brian was from the Chilite area which is all on the same side of town. All right. So just to keep, maybe keep this as simple. Uh, did, did you live near where Brian Sullivan disappeared from? Yeah. You live yeah. fairly close, like yeah. maybe within yeah. a mile. Yeah. yeah. Cause where he disappeared from was like right up the street from where I had moved, not from where I lived, but it was all on the same side of town, but I had moved a little bit closer to where Brian went missing from, but it was all Jefferson Avenue, all on the west side of town, because Chai Lai is right there, and he went missing from Chai Lai, more yeah. up in the suburban area, but everything was, was within five minutes, yes. Okay, very close, very close, all right, mm -hmm. so, and if uh, people will remember, uh, Brian went to a Burger King. So you're saying that Burger King that he was last at, very close to where you live. Yes. Now, you had mentioned your family. You'd gone to somebody in your family uh, regarding Dominique's disappearance. And you've expressed, and we don't want to mention any names or anything, but uh, is it still your belief nine years later that maybe somebody in mm -hmm. your family knows something about Dominique's disappearance? Yes. 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 Hmm. Yes. And I, 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 I plead and I cry that the smallest thing could mean something, even with, you know, my cousin knowing the information that he got beat up. We could have looked into it then because apparently he must he from what she was saying, he got beat up the same day or the day after he went missing. So, you know, she came forth and even would have said, Cousin, I don't know how true it is, but this is what I heard. But the fact that you went on walks with me, you hung up flyers with me, I just feel they know something, and I don't know if they're afraid to say something, or they know something, and they just don't, uh, well, it's not my place, and I didn't know you didn't know. You know, a, a lot of that, that's what goes through my mind. Can you think of any reason why anybody 
would have wanted to do something to Dominique? No. And any reason why anybody in your family or extended family would want to keep it secret? I just feel they don't want to say nothing because, like I said, they feel it's not their place. I don't know. Nowadays, mm. you know, the way people are so grimy and people want to be aware that they know something and don't want to say nothing. I don't know how people think nowadays. It's just nine years and Rochester only but so big. You know, yeah. even if they call it in anonymously, somebody knows something. I agree. That means not going to walk out the door, you know, and just vanish. Now, the Rochester police, we've already talked about 2009. They didn't take your call very seriously. Uh, they took the report, but they thought that Dominic ran away or they maybe thought he was going to come back. Of course, he never did. Um, what's your experience been with, like, with the police over the last nine years? Nightmare from hell. They don't call. They don't do nothing. Um, I moved to North Carolina. Brittany Drexel went missing down in uh, South Carolina. I've had a reporter come to me and was like, well, we're going to be down there covering Brittany's story. Would you like to come and talk about Dominique? Dawn probably wouldn't mind me doing it, but it's just the fact, why would I come you know, take away from her story when I came to Rochester to do Dominique anniversary or to do a walk and nobody shows up. When we did the unrevealing of his billboard, no reporter, no investigator, nothing. I look at other cases and I see the, the, the an investigator there or reaches out. Mine, nothing. Unless I call them, they don't call me. You know, the Polyclass Foundation has helped me with Dominique Flyers. Dominique's birthday was just in January. I called and left three messages for uh, Mr. Russo at the Center for Missing and Exploited Children. He has not called me back yet. And I just feel they don't care. Yeah. And in fact, the one of the videos that you sent me, one that we already mentioned where there was the... the the detective there, uh, the re, uh, the reporter from the minority reporter, I guess in the Rochester area. And then yes. that representative of the mass, whatever. Yes. Yeah. One of the things you did talk about were minorities not getting as much attention as frankly, yes. Caucasians or white people. That was yes. part of the discussion. Yes. Because after, Rodney, I went to Rodney at the minority report because I seen where he ran a story on my uncle TJ. So, you know, I called and asked my cousin, you know, mentioned that maybe I should go down there and talk to them. And when Rodney ran the story, he was like, Oh girl, the hell I got for writing that story as if, you know, they didn't want the story ran or we tried to reach out and she didn't correspond. So I'm like, why would I not want to help you look for my son? And I just felt, even before I moved to North Carolina, me and Bob went to the investigator. You know, I told him my plans about moving. He was on his way to lunch, had a backpack, and he just acted nonchalant. Like, okay, write your number down here. I'll keep in touch. It's just like he didn't call me in the back, you know, to say, well, Moselle, we're going to keep, you know, looking. We're going to. It was in the lobby. It was a, during a do the right thing event. Kids in the lobby. Lobby full, me and Bob was sitting in the waiting room. He just plopped 
plot down and like, oh, I'm going to lunch for this fraction number down and I'm keeping content. I just got the feeling that he didn't care. Do you believe it's still the attitude of the Rochester Police Department? I mean, I know what that detective said in that interview. There's no proof that Dominique is alive. Uh, do you think that their opinion since 2000 has changed as to what, what happened to Dominic? Or do you think, you know, behind the scenes, they think that he just still ran away? Yeah. We had, I had to go to the center to get them to change endangered runaway off his flyers. And even at the time where this young guy, Justin, I don't know who he was, when he wrote on my wall, um, I was at Bingo, and everybody like, yo, did you see that? Did you see that? I, my phone was off. And I took it to the police department, and it kind of hurted me because they were like, oh, well, this is just hearsay. There's nothing we can do. And I know for a fact anybody that has a Facebook has the IEP address. You could track it down. That's true. And they they didn't do nothing. When a young man was willing to talk to, and he did talk to Investigator Brennan, and I asked Investigator Brennan, you know, what was the outcome? He said, "Oh, it was just hearsay. Nothing, nothing of it." So, well, it's hearsay until you, it's it's hearsay until you actually do something about it to find out if it's true or not. Right. Every right. p every call in to not to uh, uh you know a crime stopper t you know line is a hearsay until you prove otherwise. Right. You know you have to go you know make a couple phone calls, go visit a couple people, interview people to find out if it's true or not. Right. He interviewed the guy, and I had to actually call him to see what happened. And he was like, "Oh, I went and I talked with him, but you know what he was saying was just hearsay. <laughs> hearsay from who? Hearsay from what?" No, and at this point, you never showed me, never showed me on MySpace where you collaborated that Dominic was depressed or he was having issues with his girlfriend. Never showed me that. I don't know what was said, what yeah. was written. He didn't tell me none of that. Yeah. And because they didn't take it seriously, you know, all those years passed, they couldn't ping the phone or anything like that. And I'm still wondering if the the kind of phone that he had, whether you could ping it or not. I have no idea. What has this been like for the last nine years? I know, of course, you know it's been a living hell for you, uh, as it is with any parent, Moselle. Um, what's it been well, like for your sons, for your, the brothers of Dominique? Stressful. You know, my son made a stat one day. He said his biggest fear in life is finding out his missing brother is deceased. You know, with six, well, five other boys, five different personalities. You know, they, they go through it. You know, my youngest, you know, had the most because he felt, you know, he was the, my younger ones. They feel that, you know, they could have, what if they would have went out behind Dominique? What if they would have followed him? What if they knew who called him? You know, it's a lot of questions as shoulda, coulda, woulda. I shoulda went out mm. behind my brother. I shoulda seen who Dominic was talking to. I shoulda, you know, did more. But, you know, nobody as any parent or anybody with a missing loved one, no one knows the exact day and time when it's the last time that they're going to see their loved one. That's true. That's true. Uh, um, a lot of the disappearances I cover, you know, it's out of nowhere. You know, some people are 
involved in some suspicious things, maybe hanging around the wrong people. Mm -hmm. This doesn't sound like Dominique. Yeah. You You know, know, I don't know. You know, it hurts me more because I wish I knew more of who his friends was. It was even a point where me and my cousin Juanita went out to Honeyway Falls to hang fire. That's where he went to high school at. And the community out there was so sweet, you know. A lot of people, you know, oh, yeah, you can hang this flyer in the store. You know, you want to come in for lunch? You've been walking you know, over just the, the love and support. So between Honeyway Falls and Rochester, it is, where is he? Need to, I'm just going to ask you this, and you don't have to give uh, particularly a name, but I'm just going to ask you is. If you think back to February 2009, uh, is there a friend, uh, you know, a best friend of Dominique's, whether it was at his old school or his new school, at this hockey, for this hockey team, anything else, is there a person that you have in mind who could have called Dominique and Dominique would have dropped everything to go help this person out? No. Honestly, no. No. And that's that's what that's what aggravates me the most. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't know who he was particularly real close with. I don't know who he hung out with because having boys, like I say, oh my, you're my business. And now, you know, after Dominique went missing, I'd be harder on my other sons, and they went, "Mom, we're not gonna be like Dominique." But it's just the thing, you know, I wish I knew more. How are your other five sons doing these d- days? They good? good? I have one, you know, two that, you know, got in trouble with the law, but they, they're strong. I have one graduated from college. He's a school teacher now, 21 years old. Wow. Um, one gave me grandkids, and I had one that went to the Marines, my oldest son. Went to the Marines. Is that right? Wow. Mm-hmm. Good good for you. Good for him, Mozell. I'm glad to hear that. Thank you. Do you have a Facebook page and um, other websites? Where can people find more out about you, about what you're doing, about Dominique, all of that? I have a, um, have you seen Dominique page? I have a page that's actually for Dominique Holly Grisham where family members leave stuff. Um, my page is Moselle Lynette Jones Grisham. And we have a um, missing person page for him that the poly, that um, lost and found, lost and um, untold, no, you the untold, lost and missing, missing and lost or not forgotten started, but it's, you know, or you can Google his name, Dominique Tyshawn Holly Grisham, because yeah. I did visuals, I did numerous walks, I do try to do something on his anniversary, on his birthday we'll do a balloon release, um, actually tomorrow we're going to do another balloon release in North Carolina in honor of him, you know, last year, I um, reached out to family and friends. His favorite color was red, black, and white. And the love that I got when people took the time out to get balloons and released them in honor of Dominique. Yes, and, uh, and by the time that the listeners are hearing this, uh, they will know that I've linked to all of those sites. And I also will be linking to these interviews that you did. You know, I, I want the uh, listeners to hear for themselves 
um, this this interview with Detective Brennan where he talks about the MySpace page, and I want them to see you on that TV show, uh, the Need to Know show. I want to mm-hmm. want them to watch that as well. So I'll be sending them to all of those places in the run up to this episode. Like I said, by this time they're by the time they're hearing our voice, they already know it's happened. But mm-hmm. I want to assure you that that's going to happen. Um, any final words before we conclude this interview, Moselle? Um, no, it's just that, you know, if anybody know anything that happened that day, February 12, 2009, to come forth, every little thing can mean something, any little thing. And, you know, not just for Dominique, but for other people that's out here that have missing loved ones that don't get the that don't get the closure, that don't get the coverage, that don't get to tell their story. And I really, really appreciate you reaching out to me and, you know, taking the time to do this interview. It really, really, really means a lot to me because you have cases where people don't get to tell their story. People don't know where to go. People don't know what to do. You know, you continue. I'm glad they changed the law that you have to wait 24 hours to report your loved one missing. But it's families out there that sit there that don't know what to do when their loved ones go missing. Or, you know, when a family member or a loved one walk out of their life. So I just want anybody that knows something about any case, come forth. You can call it in anonymously. You can reach out to... 911 in your local area, anybody, you know, the slightest thing can mean so much. And I just, you know, wishing my daily prayer is to God give me the strength, whether Dominique is alive or deceased, give me the strength when that day come to, you know, handle what my baby, you know, what to do when, my, when I find my baby. Moselle. Thank you for the words, and I appreciate you being on this episode of Unfound. Okay, thank you so much, Mr. Denzel, for reaching out and doing this interview with me. You're welcome. And that was my interview with Moselle Jones Grisham, the mother of Dominique Holly Grisham. I thank her for joining me and all of you on this episode. One thing Moselle and I should have covered during the interview was Dominique's phone. Not only did the police not try to ping it at the time of his disappearance, but Dominique had a phone in which you couldn't access any records to see who he was talking to. It's the exact reason to this day we don't know who called him. However, this also leads me to believe whoever called him knew he had that kind of phone and that the caller's identity would be concealed. In this episode, we see how quickly things can change. One moment it's a championship day, the next... It's the worst day Moselle and the rest of her family have ever experienced. If there was ever an example of how fragile our life and our good feelings are, it's this disappearance. But I think I can offer Moselle and her family some solace with the following belief. There is nothing I've heard from her or read anywhere that makes me believe anybody in her family knows what happened. As you heard in the interview, she has her suspicions. And when a family doesn't have any answers, I guess it pays to be leery of everyone. But I am of the firm belief she should look outside her family for the perpetrator or perpetrators of Dominique's disappearance. Likewise, although we didn't hit it too hard in the interview, there seems to be talk of this mysterious friend of Dominique's, that being the person who called Dominique and convinced him to leave his house. 
But no one, not Dominic's brothers or his classmates or his teammates in any of the sports he played, have ever been able to identify this person, the person who obviously lured Dominic out of his house. What do I take from that? I don't believe this secret person exists, simply because I don't believe people keep secrets that well. And Dominic doesn't sound like a secretive person. This secret friend theory has also caused Moselle and her family to be paranoid. I believe for no reason, because I believe the caller has been in front of them this whole time. So, who was it? I'll leave you with this. In a video that I posted in the Unfound Podcast discussion group this past week, the detective claims Dominique and his girlfriend broke up the day before. This detective cited posts made by Dominique on MySpace as proof of this. I guess Dominique said some bad things about her. Desiree, to this day, claims otherwise. She says their relationship was solid. Who do you believe? I'll leave the rest of the theorizing up to you. And that's the program. If you found it informative, please go to the app that you use to listen to Unfound and give this podcast a five-star review. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Denzel, and you've been listening to Unfound.